When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I am your co-host Michael Blue And your co-host Josiah Jacobs And today, it's just a normal episode Nothing, uh, I'm not going to say nothing extravagant or nothing legendary will be said in this episode But we have no theme, no guest This is just a dynamic duo episode, you know what I'm saying? For the sages, (laughs) as they say For the god sages, suck it to me Suck it to me Yeah, bro, Michael was just talking about some, um Interesting stuff in my kitchen, and uh, I was like, "Let's record, bro." Like, <laughs> yeah, this wasn't even supposed to happen. I just got back from Santa Barbara, kicking it with my girl for the weekend. Yeah, and I'm here for spring break, so I'm back in Cali. Like I said to Michael, <laughs> the king has returned back to his town, but just for a week. How will the town react to his arrival? <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, bro. Um, what you been on the past two months? Man, I just a. Hey. I've been kicking it, shout out to my nigga Yid. You know what I'm saying? He really been like my brother for the last couple of like, we really got close real quick. Um uh, I also been like uh I've been waiting on my job that just went through, so I'm about to start on Saturday. Um I've been doing a lot of soul searching, trying to figure out who I am as a man. And uh a lot of different things have been coming up for me. Right. Uh, like, I just got a girlfriend. I haven't talked about it on the podcast yet, but um, I think this would be an interesting time for me to talk about it. Um, the whole girlfriend experience is very surreal. He's texting her right now, actually. <laughs> Thank you, bro. Uh, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's how surreal it is. <laughs> Um, Why is this surreal? Uh, just because I've never had like a connection like this before. Um, I think that a lot of the times, a lot of the times we we look at relationships as something that we have to have in life, um, and a lot of the times we we take advantage of people's kindness in relationships. Which is why a lot of people either get tricked out or get played. Tricked out. <laughs> I would never be one more. But, um. Never again. <laughs> like Larry Juno said on Highway 5 Chronicles. Um. <laughs> all the real niggas gonna understand that one. <laughs> but, nah. Um. 
I always see, you know, a lot of people take advantage of the shit, and it really made me believe that healthy relationships were where both people had different hands to play instead of playing on the same team. And right now, I feel like me and my shorty, we've we've been playing on the same team, you know. Uh, So it's very surreal. You know, when you're in the game, you don't really, you really bite yourself. You know, you looking for your benefit. You know what I'm saying? You ain't got no response. You don't have any responsibilities to anybody because you can do whatever the fuck you want to do. You got no emotional responsibilities and shit. Um, That's true. But now, now that you have those emotional responsibilities, some people see it as like, you know, something to stress about. But for me, it's just something that's like, if I fuck up, not necessarily like saying like fuck up or like fuck somebody else, but like, if I fuck up and forget something or I don't do something or if I do something, you know what I'm saying, I know that it's just everyday bullshit and that uh, tomorrow will be a different day. It'll start off fresh, you know. I could always make it new. I could always make it fresh. And in the game, that's not necessarily something that you can do. Like, if you fuck up once, you know what I'm saying, like, it's raps. Like, girls don't necessarily give you second chances unless you're in a confined space where they have emotional connections and they have connections to you. It's very rare that they'll let you slide back. Um, Now, of course, you know, there's exceptions to this and shit, but most of the time I can attest to that. Um, I think it depends, like, if you you fuck up with, with the girl... It depends on what you do in terms of like um I remember you was telling me that I needed to have emotional responsibility Facts. Um, um and sometimes it's kind of it's kind of hard to do that because um, like you said in the game you um you you're only worried about yourself yeah and I think it's kind of hard to to get out of that yeah. Of that, like transitioning from, from that, from from being single to being in a relationship. Yeah, it's a tough transition. Hey, it's a this a different transition when like, you, when you have to worry about somebody else's emotions and thoughts. Yeah. Like like how um, how we we were just talking about right now. For for me personally, the emotional responsibility that I would take for me to be in a relationship. It's something that I don't think I'm ready for yeah. right now. Just just because, like we were talking about earlier, um, I'm I'm so committed to just reaching my goals. Yeah, I don't have a lot of I don't devote a lot of time to do mindless bullshit. Yeah, to do mindless things like like watching like TV or something. I just asked this nigga if he, because we used to be Dragon Ball like fanatics. Bro, I'm still a Dragon Ball fanatic, bro. Don't get it twisted, bro. I still love Dragon Ball Z, bro. Uh, this nigga said he's a Dragon Ball fanatic. This nigga ain't even watched Super yet. Bro, bro, <laughs> bro. That's 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 not my fault, bro. It's just like you have to. You gotta dedicate time to it, though. I was one of the first people to watch it though, like in 2015. I was watching it in Japanese. That's cap. You were not. Yes, right. I was. Wait, no, you weren't watching that shit in 2015. Yes, I was. Wa- you started watching that shit in like 2012. 
I'm talking about Dragon Super, Dragon Ball Super. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was watching it in Japanese. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. With the subs, with the subtitles. But it was so hard for, for me to find, especially since I was like young. I didn't really know what I was doing. I just stopped watching it. Yeah. yeah. But going back to what I was saying about um, like. Tom is so to speak. Is that a super reference? I don't, I don't know, bro. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. But like I um. I'm just always focused on trying to reach my goals in terms of like, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, there's, no, there's absolutely, honestly, like the mindless bullshit is just so that like, at least at least for me, it's like for my mental health, my mental health capacity is like, if I have too much like mindful shit going on in my life, I'll feel stressed, and I will not do the shit that I'm supposed to be doing. I'll procrastinate. You know what I'm saying? And if I do mindful bullshit, like, every day, like, if I do, like, one mind, one, one mindless bull thing, bullshit thing a day, I tend to get more shit done. Like, right. if I fall asleep watching an anime or a show, or if I fuck around and go party on the weekend, or if I, I don't know, if I do something mindless, I tend to be more productive during the week. Um... But that that's just a nigga who has ADHD and dyslexia. So, um. I mean, like, I don't know, bro. I I think one of the things about college that's that's been good for me is that I get a lot I get a lot of opportunities to do mindless things. Yeah. Like when I'm in my it's apartment, different mindless shit. When I'm in my apartment, like I'm playing yeah, video games a lot with my friends, or just just doing whatever, like hanging out, going to a party or something like that. Like just, I I'm I'm still a fun dude. Let's not get it twisted, bro. If if you if you if you with me, you gonna have fun. Like <laughs> yeah, I'm, you know, you have fun. it's fun to be around Josiah Jacobs. Yeah, okay, like, this is a fun nigga. I'm, right I'm here. not Mr. Serious. Okay, <laughs> let's let's so nah, I'm not Mr. Serious. Let's let's not let's not say that. Yeah. But um, like I um, when especially when I'm home, I'm always thinking about um working out. Like, I got to work out every day. I got to read and improve my mind. Before you came up here, I was reading at the park. Facts. Um, and then, like, also when I'm home, trying to make money. So I've been doing Instacart the past few days while I'm on spring break. Get that bag up. I, one of the reasons I came out back home for spring break was to make money because college can be expensive just doing leisurely things. And I don't have a job out there. So, um, yeah. But, like, I, um... I don't really watch TV like that no more, like I used to. I don't even really be watching sports games unless it's the Niners. Uh, I not even a Warriors. I don't really be watching the Warriors like that. Damn, that's crazy. I don't know, but I'm still a Warriors fan though. But yeah. I don't, I don't know, bro. I just don't. I don't be watching full basketball games anymore, bro. Yeah, I would just watch the highlights on Instagram. I don't even be watching highlights. Oh yeah, you're, you're tripping. I, I love the highlights. Bro, but I gotta catch me a couple no, of Anthony but, Edwards ones, bro. Okay, well I I watch like if something if I see something on Instagram like you seen what what John Moran been doing lately. I, I'll crazy. like I'll, I'll I'll watch it on Instagram, but like I am not I'm not watching those games. But what I, I do watch sports stuff like. I watched a lot of Undisputed and all the sports <laughs> talk. Shark, yeah. One of the coolest things about sports to me is the narrative. Like I love the, like the, the stories that come with the with the players. That's one of the coolest things to me. And um, how they like how how they live their lives outside of the game and before the game. Not not even that. Just talking about storylines that that come with the game. Like I don't know, talking about LeBron winning another championship or 
Just how that, how that would be. Or just like jo- Joel Embiid and Harden, how are they going to, are they the next Shaq and Kobe and stuff like that? That just, would be cold if they are. You know, just, just things like that or like the NFL, like Russell Wilson just got traded to Denver today. People... That's- that what? Yeah, you didn't know that? <laughs> no, I've been driving all day. Yeah. Wait, what? Wait, wait, what? Yeah, he got traded to the Broncos. For who? Um, Drew Locke, Noah Fant, um, two first rounders, two second rounders, a fifth rounder, and Shelby Harris. You probably don't know who that is. He's a D lineman. But um, you might not even know the other two players, to be honest, because you, you don't watch football, don't like watch football like that. Football like that. But, that, um, that I mean... But yeah, he's not bro. That, he's not washed up. Who? Russell Wilson. He's not, bro. He's still cold. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. a cold nigga. So I'm yeah. trying to confuse. I'm happy. Fuck, they left. Where they let that nigga go? This has been a lot of stuff going on. I'm really happy that um. He's out of there. Yeah. Because yeah. the Niners ain't got to play him twice a year no more. <laughs> but um, going going back to what I was talking about <laughs> earlier, the my drive to do the things that are important to me. Right now, I can't see a girl. I can't see myself putting a girl in front of all that, you know. Yeah, but I mean, I don't put my girl in front of anything. No, no, I'm just, I'm not. She's there along with me with the ride. No, know? I'm talking about just. But sometimes a girl might distract you. Might yeah, distract me, but also want want, want their share of my attention. Yeah. And there are times when like I. I, I'm committed to my goals, but sometimes I, I BS. Like when I if I work out if I want to work out at five, like I might sit around for like an hour before I actually do it. Yeah. You know, and I might sit around doing like thinking about about to work out for an hour, but my my mind is still on that. It's still on the activity that I'm going to do later. Yeah. And um, just just right now, I don't. I just. I'm just really committed to to what I have going on, and I don't think that I could that me getting into a relationship would be in good faith, cause yeah. I just wouldn't be able to give the time that I mean, that I that I need to, especially like right now. Like I'm I'm doing a lot this semester, bro. Like I'm taking 18 credits, which is six classes. That's um, crazy. I'm taking I that's I'm crazy talk. I'm taking two. Wow, I'm I'm in I'm in. I don't need these. I don't need the semester though. So I'm in I'm in, I'm, in, I'm in speech and debate at Howard. Um, I've applied to like a lot of internships. I've had a lot of interviews lately. Just I don't know the podcast. Like like numbers up. I've been trying to like post on Instagram. Like, Your numbers are like, going up. Trying trying to get engagement. Patreon and, coming soon. And I, yeah, I saw you made one. Um. And I, I don't know the thing talking about the Black Lotus account, like that that account is really is really my baby. I yeah, it really is. I don't do shit on that shit. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. If anybody ever asked why why does all the text look the same, because it's only one nigga posting. <laughs> That's why I post on the story occasionally, but this nigga be posting all the shit. Yeah, yeah. I be I I the Black Lotus account is what I see as my avenue to talk about. What I believe, without without having, with with um, I don't know, cause I I don't want to drown my main account with like all that stuff. Yeah, you know, yeah. but the Black Lotus account is my avenue to talk about my yeah. my political opinions, my social opinions. Like my social opinions, what I what I think the Black community 
what what I think the direction the black community should go towards. Yeah. Without, and it's acceptable. Like people aren't gonna second guess it. Yeah. It's just like, oh, this is what they do. Yeah. Um, Cause they're credible now. Right. So like, I just, bro, it when you see them long paragraphs about whatever, that's me. That's me. That's that's me airing out what what I'm thinking, who I want to commemorate. But yeah, I I'm just really committed. I'm really committed to to my goals and the emotional responsibility that I need to exhibit is something that I just want to want to do right now. That might change. Who knows? Well, it's it definitely gonna change in the future, but I don't know when. It could change. Yeah. It could change in a few months. Mm. And maybe maybe when the right person comes along, it could change like that. You know, I don't. I don't I know. I think for niggas like me and you, like I looked like. I lucked up by getting with my girl again. Like, like I, if you had told me I would have been with my girl literally three months ago. Two months ago. <laughs> dead ass. They've I been together for two months. I, I would have laughed you dead in your face. I would have laughed too. I would have laughed you dead in your face and socked you. <laughs> like, for real. Like, how dare you, like, how dare you even say that bullshit? I would have slapped you. <laughs> You got put in a pack. <laughs> yes, yes. But nah, um, uh, I think that the timing of life. And wait, hold on. I just want to clarify. This is this is not because Michael got a girlfriend. This is I. We are not anti girlfriend on this platform. No, not at all. This is this is this is for different different reasons. Yeah, this is different different reasons. But um. <laughs> Yeah, I just have to say that because I, I don't want people thinking we like incels or something. <laughs> <laughs> you feel me? Hell no, hell no, hell no. But all that to be said, like, a lot of the times, like, I found myself, like, chasing a girl. You know what I'm saying? Like, before when I was blue pill, I chased the relationship. You know what I'm saying? Then I Then when I turned red, you know what I'm saying? I sat back and watched the game, you know, let shit come to me. Watch the game. You know what I'm saying? And then recently, you know, as I've been maturing into my purple pill phase, even though I've been maturing for like the last six or seven months, I've just seen a lot of tendencies that I saw from my blue pill stage like start to reflect itself back into my purple pill. And so I was a little frightened by it. Like, why do I care about this girl like this? I shouldn't be caring about girls. Like, they all have the same similar tendencies. And hypergamy is, is a bitch. And, you know, they leave you in a heartbeat. But, you know, one thing that... This is Red Pill Mike talking. Yeah. That that's that was Red Pill Mike. Yeah, that's, that's Red Pill. But one of the things that... We I are have, not a Red Pill platform. We're not. We're purple. Um... <laughs> I think that I think that one of the things that I had to accept is that if I'm if I'm if I if I become red and if I kept going down the avenue of being red and become black, my life is not going to be as fulfilled as I would if it, as it would be if I was purple. You know what I'm saying? And we'll be happy, to, bro. That's up to you to decide if you want to have a girlfriend and have a committed committed relationship. Because I can also see myself. Um, being a bachelor for the rest of my life, getting a bachelor pad, f- messing with different girls for the rest of my life, having a rotation of about five, you know what I'm saying? I I could do that shit. 
I'm not going to speak on people who I know who are doing that shit, but they happy too. Right. But right now, and a lot of times in my life, I think consistency is great. And I need that right now as I'm trying to develop into a man. Um, I'm not going to say as of right now, like, you know, like right now, how I'm feeling about like the future and shit, but, um, where I'm going in life, it's a path unknown. I can't say too many niggas have ever driven, traveled down this path. Cause I got a lot of different things I want to do with my life and I'm putting energy into all of them. And... To all the jacks and, and to all the jacks of all trade or tra- jack jack of all trades, yeah. To all the jacks of all trades out there, um, or the Swiss Army knives, whatever you want to use. <laughs> exactly, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I just I would say a few things to you, and then I'm gonna wrap this point up, and then we can start talking about black uh, social topics. Um, number one, my thing is, you should definitely never. Stop putting in energy to everything. Because if you keep, if you continuously put in energy to everything, you'll continuously get stuff out of everything. For instance, I never stopped making beats after I was inspired. I ended up making an album. I put the album on pause because I didn't have a computer for a while. And I'm now working on it, on the, on the, on the album, and I decided to extend it by seven songs. Now people are waiting to hop on to the tracks. I'm making beats for other people now while also maintaining this plat- this platform, this podcast. On top of that, I'm going to school and I got a new job. And on top of that, after I finish school, I'm about to pursue becoming an appraiser so I can get my appraising business. You know what I'm saying? But this would not happen if I wasn't continuously putting energy around the clock. Right. You know what I'm saying? And... It doesn't have to be direct energy. It could also be indirect, and it can be passive. You know what I'm saying? So, like, you just, you know, make a connection. You let that connection simmer. Now you have a job. Now you have a job. Or you can help somebody else get a job. Right. You know what I'm right. saying? So that's number one. Number two, the saying, a jack of all trades is a master at none is false. A jack of all trades is a master at none. But he is a better than a master at one. Because the master at one is constantly putting his time and effort into one thing going as deep as he can. A jack of all trades is putting his all of his effort into multiple things that are all making him happy. For instance, let's say I become a carpenter, right? And I'm hammering and shit, and uh, I make a beautiful wood statue, but this is not something I enjoy. Right. Versus being a jack of all trades, I'm doing shit that I don't enjoy, but I'm also doing things that I love at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I'm becoming good at both of them. Right. That is not to say that I won't become a master at one thing. It's just to say I am great at a lot of things. Do you think it's possible to put 100% effort in a lot of things? I believe that that is one of the main ways of how people tire themselves out and become too stressed out in the world. 
Because if you put 100% into anything, where are you going to place your lifestyle? Where are you going to put your, where are you going to place your life? Your extracurricular activities besides work, right. besides school. So if I put 110% into making podcasts, where is the time that I'm going to be placing for uh, making music? Where is the time I've been making time for making money? You know what I'm saying? If I may put a two, 200%, if I put 100% of time into working, I'm not going to have no time for my podcast. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's about balance. You know what I'm saying? And if you decide to put 100% into something, you'll get 100% out. Right. I, yeah. I have no doubt about that. But my thing is, I'm going to put, I'm going to put as much effort as I deem necessary, yet enough to the point where I will be successful in what I'm doing in order to be good at it great at it at that i feel like this podcast has the capability of becoming great i believe that i'll become a great saxophone player i believe that i'll be a great um businessman Mm -hmm. but all that to be said i have to put in a lot of different i have to put in a lot of work into a lot of different things but one thing i will say is is i put a hundred percent into me yeah, bro, I agree. But um, I was watching a, a YouTuber named the Mediocre Tutorials and Reviews, and um, you said you said uh, you said mediocre. Yeah, That's, those those are some good dudes. Huh? Those are some good dudes. What do you mean? I like the platform. It's one person. I'm Medi- thinking fresh and fit. No, I'm thinking fresh and fit. I'm thinking fresh and fit. They're beefing with them. Never mind. No, mediocre mediocre tutorials and reviews is a light the light skin like red pill dude. What's the nigga who Who are the niggas Who are beefing with, with uh, I'm just talking about I've been preached Yeah Yeah I like their platform Yeah yeah I like their platform yeah, Fuck yeah. Fresh and Fit Yeah I, I like I, I like I've been preached too I'm not, I'm not gonna say Fuck Fresh and Fit But <laughs> I'm I, trying to get some I uh, Some, some fucking Controversy nah, <laughs> nah Their Their content has Has helped me Like they They have given insightful content to me I'm not gonna I, I don't like how they talk about black women though Yeah But um at all. Or like some of the things that they said, I wasn't, I wasn't fucking with that. Yeah. But um, uh, I was about to say some crazy stuff, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say that. It's just some Black Panther shit. But um, <laughs> nah, bro, say it, bro. <laughs> oh my god. All right, bro. I'll, okay, I'll say, bro. You know, um, Fresh and Fit, they, they, they had a, um, they had a, uh, they went on IG Live with um, Malik Shabazz. Who's the national chairman of the Black Panthers? Mm-hmm. And I watched it on YouTube, and it was crazy. And he, he went to Howard. I didn't know that. And he um, he's a lawyer, and he um, he was talking to them. He was he was roasting the hell out of them. He like he was roasting the hell. He's calling them like sambos and coons, like all, all types of stuff. I'm like, wow. And I was like, wow. He went to he go he went to Howard. I'm like, mm, I wonder who he is. And then. I was at I was at an event. The Black Panther one. Yes. And um, shout out, brother Elijah. Yeah, um, but he was there. Really? Did you speak to him? Yeah. He was trying to recruit me. 
Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, it was just, I was I was talking to him, and I was like, oh, my God. This is, this is, this is him. I was, and then I asked him after, like, were you talking to Fresh and Fit? And he was like, yeah. I was like, oh, shit. This is, this is, this is him. I was like, wow. I, I don't, I don't agree with him on that. I, I looked him up. I don't agree with him on everything. But, um, I, I definitely do agree with the message of, of black empowerment. Um, like, especially black, black economic empowerment. Um, I've been reading, reading Powernomics lately by Dr. Claude Anderson. I think every black person should read that book. Uh, I was reading it before Michael uh, pulled up. Um, and we can actually transition into the black topics. Yeah, because I want to talk about the black, the, about what the white dude said about black people getting, uh, what was it, life insurance. He said that if all black people got life insurance, there would be no more police brutality. And it got me to thinking. Not only that, but if all black people used if all black people used um a percentage of the money that they get a year and put it towards something other than uh, I'm not gonna say that. Let's just stick to the life insurance. The reason being is because if every black person had a life insurance policy, life insurance companies would start to not like having to pay those deductibles and the coverage and the plans out. Because if every black person that dies, you're gonna pay pay it out, pay their funeral expenses, and depending on how big the life insurance policy is, yeah, mm-hmm. it can be pretty hefty. Right. Like, I, I know that, I'm not going to speak on if somebody killed me, but I know that some of the life insurance policies are like a million dollar plus. But you got to pay out. You know what I'm saying? So, who won't, what company is not going to get hurt by a million dollars? Right. You know what I'm saying? Even the big ones. A million dollars Say, uh, I say probably about thirty times a year, thirty million dollars. That's that's pretty big. That's that's pretty big. Wait, so do you do you think that like companies would tell cops not to shoot black people? They would enforce. They would they would influence it. You know how, you know how you know how companies really own the United States because the United States is a capitalistic market. Everybody gets paid. Congress people get paid. They get endorsed by big companies, and some of those big companies happen happen to be life insurance companies. And those are people who get those are people who pay the chops, and the cops listen to them because they are the bosses. Hmm, that's interesting. I don't know. I my my mind went somewhere else when he said that, but I'm, I'm going to talk about that after I bring this up. Though I feel like I don't think cops. I don't think cops shoot black people. I, th- I think they shoot black people because like like they're they're scared like yeah like well, they're like they're they're scared of us 
and they only think and they think the best way to protect themselves is by pulling out the gun. So I, is I, I, and, I used to buy into that, and that's instinctual. I used to buy into that, but then I really, you know, not to say I've killed a man, but I started watching and seeing people who have had some pretty shady past. I'll talk to you about who those people are after this. Um, and it's not like they don't get scared. Their fear level is pretty much the same as everybody else's. But they still have the conscious decision before pulling that trigger. A lot of the times... I can understand if a person mis- mistakes a gun for, you know, a hairbrush or, you know, you know, a phone, as they have said in the past. But a lot of the police killings that I have seen, like George Floyd, and um, there was somebody who got shot in the, in, in the mall the other day because he was, because they were wrestling with him and they popped him, and a lot of the times it's just pure racism. And honestly, you know, you can do all the marching in the streets and shit that you want to do. And I, I completely stand with you. I'll continue to continue to march with you. But my thing is... We're a destroyed community. We were destroyed since the moment we stepped off of the... Off the off, not even off the plantation before that. We were, we were destroyed the moment we, we got kidnapped and, and, and put into those ships. Right. Uh, I say it. You gonna you gonna say what's up to Kobe? What okay? What I was talking about earlier when I said um. Oh yeah, you were talking about powernomics. Are you talking about like police? Oh, I remember. I like we've been we've been you know what I'm saying we've we really have been brainwashed into thinking that our community can do well without having to reset ourselves and building a foundation. We've we've really brainwashed ourselves into thinking that we have a community and that our community is broken and I keep preaching on this platform that we don't even have a community we don't have a society um, which is something that is needed in order for us to thrive and I know people say black people are not a monolith but at the end of the day you know what I'm saying Jewish people have this other communities work together all the communities work together. You know what I'm saying? And a bunch of communities like Global Powers have ally, ally like allyships, you know what I'm saying? Right. In order for them to be able to succeed in the world. And when I say the world, I, I strictly mean the United States. You don't see communities like this, you know, outside of the United States. Like, um, like as drastic as it is. And, um, you know, a lot of people say, oh, the black community, this, the black community, that. There is no black community. There is no black community. Our culture has been hoodwinked, bamboozled, and led astray into the palms of hungry white men who cash us out, milk us out, and then leave us dry. I, you know, I wouldn't even say white men, bro. I, I would I'll include. Say by America. I would include them, but I mean, 
he, these are the facts. Black people spend 98% of their disposable income outside of the community. So when when we allow other other community other races to come into our communities and sell products that only we use and we're not making money from it, we are making ourselves weaker as a community. Um I want to continue on this, but I want to go back to what I thought about when you said life insurance. Okay. When you said life insurance, I know life insurance can be a very lucrative um, thing w- when you're in it for a long time. So I was thinking that. Oh, so, as an investment plan. So I was thinking that okay. if pr- police brutality wouldn't be an issue if every black person got life insurance, because then we would have the resources to build our own communities where where the police force is black people where everything going on is black people, and you don't have to worry about white men coming into our communities and killing us, right? And I want to go, I want to go back, I want to circle back to the point where you're talking about, um, like, other, like, like, other, other races. Um, um, Dr. Claude Anderson talks about, in Power in Chapter 2, he talks about the, the, um, the, 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 the economic principle of ethno aggregation, where he talks about he t- the, the example he gave was um was Arab Arab immigrants came into Detroit in the nineties, in eighties and nineties, and they and Detroit is ninety. I'm not sure. No, it has a very large black population. Huge, huge. Damn near one of the most in the nation. Huge, but but Arab immigrants came into the community. And, and set up businesses in Detroit. Facts. And they they had more businesses than 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 the black people, and there was a point where they they controlled like ninety percent of the businesses in Detroit, and they used this money to 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 send it back to their homeland in the Middle East, and um. That principle of, of ethno aggregation, ethno means ethnic aggregation means aggregating or combining your resources to 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 build a community. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious lolly focus pops or lolly mellow pops for kids. And for parents, try three new brainy chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Is what they did. I think black people need to do the same thing. We need to, even if we don't, even if we're not, even if the, the black population in a place isn't, isn't the majority or even close to the majority. Yeah, we're just about, you we're know, just under 13%. We, we need to pull our resources together and make and have businesses to where at least even if we're not the people buying even if we're not the people buying we're the people making revenue off of that stuff right 
and he talks another thing he talked about was like like black black hair care in the 1960s we had a monopoly we did on the on on, on the black hair system and that's how it should be. It's black hair. It's for black people. Thanks. Why the hell don't we have that no more? There's a bunch of different things. Like, why don't we have, like, a monopoly on black fashion? Like, bro, and, we're... And why don't we have a monopoly on one of the most important things? Fucking hip-hop. We are the people who are doing this. Why are we not making the money off of it? You know what I'm saying? It pisses me off. That's, that's one of the things about... About integration, it was only social. E- economics weren't integrated. Facts. We we didn't get our fair share of the money. Facts. But but we sure as hell. No, bel- politically. Yeah, but well, politically in the, in the terms of like black politicians. But at the end of the day, nah. they're wait wait. At the end of the day, they're they are still serving the Democratic Party, which is white. So it really it really doesn't it really doesn't matter. Like 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 both parties, yeah. both both derive from black people being at the bottom. Because they they sell a message of hope, yeah. each election cycle, and we keep voting for them. And, and you know why and, and, we and, do that? In, 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 instead of incentivizing them to earn our vote, oh my god, I I there's so many things that I could I could talk about right now. But when it's I, crazy because like one thing I was noticing is that every election period a black person gets killed, and then it blows up on CNN. Well, message. Well, I, I, well, it's it's, it's black people. It's black people getting killed every... Yeah, every day. Every day, every year, but it's heightened the most election election, election time. But what I wanted to, what I wanted to say is that we, we have, like, ever since we were kids, we've always been grown up to, to be taught that what, what Martin Luther King did in the 1960s and the 50s, like, marching, we have been taught to, to, um, to believe that that is how we are going to Free ourselves, and not even that. We, that was a good decision, bro, bro. That me, was the right thing to do, bro. Me, me, and Michael helped organize one of the largest, the largest protests in Oakland history, right? But we, we know that it's it's symbolic. It is. It was a it was a solidarity march, like yeah, Akil said. Exactly. It was literally a solidarity march. It said it on the initial poster. Marching is not going to get us money. Not Corporations are not going to give us money because we marched, you know. We have to start taking action as a community, you know. MLK got killed when he started talking about the economics, the poor people's march. That, that that's when they got him because they because they know that's that's what matters. I said this to one of my homies; he was shocked. And if you listen, you're gonna be shocked too. During segregation, black people own ten times more businesses than we do today. There, that. there were we, we were more we were more we were more educated in in. By ourselves, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say. I wouldn't no, say no, more. No, 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 no. Not not more educated in general, but more educated by ourselves. What do you mean? Like black people were teaching black people how to do things. Oh right. I mean black black people now. Now black people are being taught by white people how to do shit. Right. And the or not white people, but you know what I'm saying outside of the community. The 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 thing that that integration brought us was it brought us a choice, like a choice to do what. What we want to do, but I think um like like Dr. Claude talks about in his books talks about the black need to be accepted by white people undermined the fuck out of us because we I mean he talks about in um I think it was Wilmington nah 
Absolutely undermined. I, I can't remember which was City, North Carolina, but he talks about we had we had black businesses, a black bus line, black movie theaters, black black everything. But when integration, when social integration took place, we we abandoned our our stuff and we went to the white things. And when that happened, we lost money. We the um. Another, not another, we lose money, but we lost ourselves within it. We we lost ourselves too. We lost ourselves too. I I think I think one of the best decisions I ever made was going to HBCU. I think like and that was my worst decision, not going. I, I think <laughs> I, I I appreciate it more and more. Like I love going into an area and not having to think about my race. Yeah. Not having to think about. Oh yeah. I love not having to think about. How, what am I going to be perceived like if I do this? Yeah, okay. What? What is wrong with the video? I think we should be good. But I, I, I love, I love, when oh, it's still screwing up. Okay. Sorry, y'all. Technical difficulties going on. But I, I love not going to a, into a public setting and having to worry about, uh, they think I'm a steal or something like that. And I mean, it's some, it's some black people who might get mad at me. They're going to be like, why the fuck you care about what I, what, like, why people's thinking about? But I'm like, bro, like, those those thoughts are dimmer, kind of programmed into not just my head, but like a lot of black people's heads, bro. You know, you want to hear an interesting thought about that? Especially when you're in an all white area. Yeah. Well, not all white, but a lot of white people. You know, people who ask you that are also those niggas who are like those are the same like. The niggas who ask you why do you give a fuck about what white people think are still somehow ingrained to still be wanting approval from white people. Right. And that's crazy to me. Definitely. Because in all honesty, you should be asking, not not asking yourself that, but you're asking that question honestly to get to figure that out. But you're asking it in such a way that you're discouraging him. From, you're discouraging people from doing that. Exactly. Um, one of my things that I've learned lately is that uh, black people are not a monolith. Damn, that's why. Black people are not a monolith. Uh, but one thing that all black people should do is raise strong families. And if we're able to do that, and we connect our families, we can we, we can create we can create a stronghold, such as a uh, such as you know the Asian communities and the Latino communities and the different white and European communities do and the South, uh, Pacific Islander communities. You know, all the different communities around the world, even the African communities do this. But it's something about black people. Not to sound, you know, you know, like I'm trying to criticize them. But it's something about how black people move that it is in scarcity. It's timid. And... Honestly, it's ignorant. Like, damn, they're brainwashed. <laughs> and insane, honestly. Right. Like, by definition, insane. We keep doing the same shit, hoping for a different outcome. Right. 
I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, um, when when you talk about doing doing the same shit, we like I said, like marching is cool, but it's not gonna, and and, and the media will 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 glorify it, you know the. Right. I mean, we, we we was on the Wall Street Journal for it. We was in the Wall Street Journal, San Francisco Chronicle. You niggas was on the fucking local news, uh, right. killing them. They was on. Where, where else did they on? They were on San Francisco Chronicle two years in a row. They was Oakland on, Tribune. It was on a lot. Yeah, but I just think it it distracts from from the problem of Maybe. of our our problem isn't. It's not about being accepted by by white people. We we shouldn't fight to be accepted by white people. What our real battle is the economic struggle because a lot of our problems like in the hood, when 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 it's a lot of black people like killing each other or like senseless violence, it comes it starts it starts from economics. You know, yeah. it starts from like not not having enough money. It's hunger, right? You know, you know what I'm saying? and like I'm shoot when I was talking to you. Uh, about about a one YouTube I was watching like how I was talking to you about this like talking about education like black education. Oh yeah, let's get into that. Let's get into that. Yeah. Right, like the the YouTuber was saying his name is Sergeant Willapete, um talks about how the black youth don't value education, and he goes in on to why they don't, and it was really interesting to me. I was like, what? Because I was just talking to my professor at Howard. He was. Um, it's my it's one of my one of my poly side courses. Um, he talks about how he he just randomly talked about this in class. He was like, there are there needs to be more black men going to college. Facts, right? And he's because Howard is like 70 percent women, right? Yeah. And a lot of my classes is is mostly women. One in my Portuguese class, I'm the only boy. I like it's like twenty people, and I'm the only boy in my That's class. Crazy. Yeah. And. <laughs> Stop, bro. You chill. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm, 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 He's not playing. I am playing. I have a girlfriend. Okay. He was talking. You well, we weren't talking about yourself. You were talking about me. Oh yeah. Yeah, but I wasn't playing. You can't get <laughs> you. You can't get them all. But when I was, <laughs> but um, but uh, what I was what I was gonna say is that like we was talking about that. I went up to his office and I was talking to the because the subject really really intrigues me. But then my friend shared me the video by Sergeant Willoughby who I said was talking about black youth not valuing education, and he said the reason why black like young black men don't value education is because they don't see how it is going to benefit them. Yeah, and then we had the conversation about how um, how when you're in a position like that for most black men you're always stuck trying to figure out how to fend for yourself on an everyday basis. Right. Instead of trying to figure out how you're going to survive and how you're going to thrive in the future. Well, yeah, because education is, is like is a long-term... It's a journey. ...perspective. Yeah. When I, when I was in pre-K at St. Leo's, we, we, we didn't know, but we were all expected to go to college. Yeah. Facts. And like that, that was something that was expected of us. Try yeah. even high school. Just, just it was an obligation for us coming out of there that we all like, like think about our graduating class. You know, everybody in our class except for five people had all three point fives or above, or right. three no three point seven five or above. 
I was not. I was not. No, it was not that many, bro. You see, it was the. Uh, it was smart kids, but it was like not, bro. At St. Leo's, yes, bro, not, bro. You almost like, everybody bro. graduated a gold course. That's not true, bro. I graduated a gold course. I had a gold course too, but that not every. You had a gold course, yeah, bro. Yeah, no, you did. I swear to God, I don't know if I still have it, but I still have mine. It's hanging up right there. That's crazy. <laughs> we were that little at one point. That's crazy. Yeah, but um. It wasn't. It wasn't twenty seven, bro. It wasn't that many. It, okay, it was. Okay. It might have been like like maybe like ten to fifteen who had like a gold cord. Yeah, that's true. Ten to fifteen, and then, and then like maybe like ten, fifteen people had yellow. I mean, had had um had white. Yeah. And then some people had none. Yeah. But it was, like, I, it was only like five though. But just think about this: three point five or above for right. everybody in our class except for five people. Yeah. That's really crazy, and and like all of us went to pri- private school except for. I mean, I'm, six of us, right? And 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 it was five the first year, and then I went to a public school. I mean, and and, and most of us, most of us, well, I wouldn't say most, but a lot of us are are in college, are are in good colleges, Facts. you know. But like, what I was like transitioning to that, like, we really uh, college was expected of us. Even when I was kindergarten, I remember hearing the word like like college, like yeah. like like high school, college. I remember hearing college, like I'm going to college. That, that that's long term. Yeah, my family didn't have to worry about like surviving every day. Yeah, you know. Facts. But the thing about, about a lot of a lot of black youth in impoverished communities, um, they're they're not they're not thinking about that. They don't see how education is going to help them. And the reason why, as outlined in that video, is because are we good? The, the, the reason why they're not worried about education is because they don't see people in their community Facts. who went to college and are successful because of it. Because a lot of professional black men or just black 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 people in general are not in the community anymore. Yeah. They move outside the community because, yeah. um, like a lot of time in college, that job market you go into that job market is white people. It's 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 a white owned sector. Facts. It, it's it's white owned and white dominated. So when you move into your job, you're going to be around white people. Yeah. You're going to move away from your community to be in that area where it's white people. So there are that was one of the problems with integration. A lot of a lot of professional blacks in the '60s left their communities to go into the suburbs, and they and they separated themselves from the urbans. Right, and in the urban community, in the the urban or the urban black people in the inner city lost their leaders. Yeah. They they lost the people who were going to inspire them to go to school. We lost our role models, right? And then and then once they lost we, they lost the good role models. Yeah, and it, it's funny because it's funny you say that because the role models then turned to either you know the hustlers or the niggas who have nine to five uh, blue collar jobs, and then. You know, blue collar tends to be monotonous if that's something that you don't want to do, and if you have, and that's something that most people see as a limited option uh, or a last resort right. type thing. And but it wasn't always like that, a, though. It's not like that now. But I mean, it's, it, it's like that now. But like, but before back it then, it yeah. wasn't because like the, the, the that was the job market. Not only that, but you were also able to see, you know. A lot of people in those fields and a lot of other black people who were 
um, role models with the white collar jobs, you started to see how they were treated and you started to see how much money they were making. So you wanted to do that. Once they left the 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 urban community and went out to the suburbs, cool. you know, the, the white collars. All right. You tend not to see them anymore, and now you're wondering, okay, how do I get a white-collar job? Do I even want a white-collar job? What does that even look like? Do I have a family that, you know, you have, you got to go, you got to search for that shit now. You, you don't, you don't see that. And I'm, I, I think we're, we're grateful to have grown up in an environment to where, to where that was expected of us, when we're able to see that stuff, because I, I, I used to take it for granted, but I don't anymore. But especially working at that Safeway I was working at, like in, in Webster, in the Fillmore. Yeah. Like, like, I don't know, those, when those black kids see me, they, they probably don't really see, like, a lot of dudes Facts. who are in college. That's facts. Or who even think about that shit. Yeah. Especially my age. Yeah. You know, they don't, they don't think about that at all. And, um, the, the, the educational gap is, um, is, is widening. And my, how many times my teacher talks about it. It's gonna mess up our our family structure. Yeah, it, I can. It, I can it's, see. It's gonna, it's, it's gonna mess up dating. It, it's gonna mess up dating because, as you said, black women who have PhDs aren't gonna want to date a high school dropout or a, or a GED um, recipient. Right, and it, and it's it's not it's not just that it's it's a different level of um, of just social understanding. Yeah. What, bro? What's that thing Kevin Samuel was talking about? Talking about like, like people who can relate to um, talked about dating and how much you have to relate to your partner. How important that is. Because yeah. for for me personally, I'm I'm gonna date a girl. That's what. Who, the, that's who the is, reason why we call it relationships because we're able to relate to each other. Right. Yeah. I'm gonna date a girl who was who was in college. Right. Or like or or went to college. Yeah. Just because that's the type of environment, that's the type of girl who I can relate to. Yeah. That's that's why I love Howard, cause cause I get to I get to there are people all around me who yeah, are in the same like like men and women who are in the same atmosphere, you know. And it's just the same. It's the same. We might we all have different majors and different goals in life and different beliefs and thoughts. Yeah. But we're we're all kind of grouped in the, in the same in the same attitude of education. Yes. It's people like me. Yeah. It's black people like me. Exactly. That's what's more important. That it's black people like you. It's because the problem that's going to happen is when black people I mean, when black women are going to be like, okay, enough is enough. Like, I'm tired of dating these bum ass niggas. I want to date somebody who's on my tier and who's in college, not black men. They're going to go outside the community. Exactly. And that's what's going to lead to. Um, I don't want to say. Uh, I'll just say interracial dating. That's that's what I was gonna say. The, the other the other term I was gonna use might not be as uh, politically as correct as, as as that one is. Right. Um. But um, a lot of people ask me all the time, what is the importance of dating within your community? Um. Let's step aside from saying the respect of our ancestors let's step aside from saying uh, from this from from being comfortable with people who look like you when you look at the black community we've all been through the same things all similar things 
and they were all done to us by people who were outside of our community or out of fear of from something out of our side of our community right so the solution is not to go out and try to conform and uh, bargain and negotiate with people outside of our community or try to get accepted by those people the ter- the what it should be is trying to strengthen our community by growing in numbers and yes you know interracial dating does grow numbers but at the end of the day those qualities are not going there's those qualities that we we hold on to so strongly that we don't even that we take advantage of aren't going to be there any longer is the mic on the mic's on yeah alright you know you can see the little things oh. it's just it's not it's not loading as uh, fast oh okay um those things aren't going to be there anymore those attributes to ourselves like when we go down the street and we you know we all laugh at you know or we roast we roast each other you think you think white people do that I, I don't think that they bag on each other as hard as we do I think that black people have thicker skin we are more resilient well, we take advantage of that it's definitely fun yeah you know what I'm saying but I mean at the end of the day we are able to do that because we are more resilient I think I mean like, I feel like that's where like a lot of our humor comes from Facts. Like, like black people are just funny as hell yeah like, we're just hella funny yeah we are you know what I'm saying like yeah. that, that shit like we're just hella funny that's, that's facts like, like, bro, we're just funny as hell. Like, they're, they're definitely funny white people. Yeah, for sure. Look at Adam Sandler. But that's situational. And look at Larry David. Larry David, you are a fucking funny man. Larry David is hella funny, bro. Larry David is a funny, fucking L- Larry David is hella funny. Yes. I, I haven't watched a lot of him, but I've seen, like, I was watching, I seen, I seen one of his things on, like, when I was on a plane when I was going to D.C. <laughs> and I was watching one of some of his TV. I'm like, bro, this shit is funny as hell. He's a funny nigga, bro. <laughs> I'm gonna actually go home and watch a couple of episodes of Kurt. Right. But, you know, when we look at, you know, I mean, there's other things besides, you know, humor that are like a lot more pronouncing, uh, paramount than that, and that are more valuable to being black that you pick up because you're black, not because of your skin tone, but because of the culture that you were raised in. You know what I'm saying? The ability to say nigga comes from both your skin tone and and, and the culture that you were raised in. Bro, that's facts, bro. Because I'm not going to lie. I've, I've noticed this. It's skin tone and culture. I noticed there are people, there are black people who are raised around all white people. They don't like saying nigga. They don't because they're hesitant. They don't say because it. Because they're not comfortable with it. They're not comfortable with it. And the way and it, went, and it runs off their tongue, it, it kind of, it, it, the, the way that, it is in the white communities when they say it is disrespectful, so they tend to say it with more of a e with a ar or er on the back end, and they're trying to, you know, get out of that when they come into the black community. Right. Community. Right, right, right. Like, bro, it's just um, I don't know, bro. One one thing about this podcast, bro, we gonna we gonna talk about black empowerment. Yeah. Self determination, bro. That was the thing I was going to say. We're going to talk about this shit, bro. For To go back to the point of where black men should go and get education, I agree to a certain extent. 
I believe that black men should look at their options in full when they look at their futures. And I feel that black men need to start looking towards the future than to look at it every day. Because honestly, would you, a lot of black men aren't realizing that at the end of the day, we're all going to die at some time. Whether that's today, tomorrow, or the next day. Right. I would die, I would die a happier man fighting for my future than I would be fighting for today. Right. Because at least I died with hope. Mm-hmm. Because if I died today and I only saw what was going on today, I would not be happy because I'm not at my fullest potential. Right. Nor do I even understand what my fullest potential even looks like mm-hmm. if I'm only looking at tomorrow. Exactly. So, as a black man, I would ask the other black men to look at your future and not look at, you know, the everyday trials and tribulations. And on top of that, don't get discouraged by anything that, like, other people say, deem, or how other people deem success. There's multiple ways to be successful. Like, look at me. I'm getting a college degree, but I don't think I'm going to be working for a company um, anytime soon. Uh, or, like, my main source of income is going to be straight from a company. I think that my main source of income is going to be from myself, and I'm going to build my own empire. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But the means of me of me obtaining this... I didn't really need to go to college to do it. Yeah. I found out too late. It's beneficial for me, so now I have a a, a backup plan in having that degree. But I didn't need a degree to start my own company. I didn't need a degree to start to become an appraiser. That's an apprenticeship, which is a trade. Mm-hmm. So if I were to do that, become my own individual, do, do what it takes for me to become an appraiser now... I'd be rich by the time I turn 35. Now it's probably going to take me until I'm like 37 because it took me too long and I drug my feet. 35, 30, 37, 40. You know what I'm saying? So, and another thing, a lot of black men don't like looking at the future because they see the future as something that is inevitable and that they're going to get stuck in. And they don't see it as something that's appetizing. They see it as something that's like a curse. Like, eventually one day I'm going to have to work a 9 to 5 and have all these responsibilities. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that that perspective is, is rich because it holds on to the youth for as long as possible. But I think that it is also immature because you're not looking at what comes with the responsibilities? Right. It comes great powers. Great powers. You know what I'm saying? You know, Uncle. Shout out to Uncle Ben. <laughs> um, but I think that one of the things that both me and Joey have a comprehension of of, of is that even though tomorrow is not promised, we're going to dream for big for bigger and brighter days. Right. I well I I tell people all the time like I'm I'm going I'm going to be successful. Facts. Like I don't 
I don't give a damn what I don't give a damn that I'm majoring in poli sci and it's not it doesn't it doesn't have like a lucrative I'm, I'm majoring in poli sci and I don't want to go to law school and I know that that doesn't yeah. have like like a lucrative path yeah but like I know I'm gonna be good bro I feel like I hang around too many too many smart people and I have too much access to knowledge that I'm not going to be successful Facts. and that I'm not gonna have have a great life and a great career or whatever I choose to do you know it's just it, it's a mindset bro yeah it's a mindset and I, I'm, I'm gonna work hard towards this shit bro I'm, I'm, I'm gonna work hard towards it and I think sometimes we do um, I think as a community we kind of look to the future and and, and, and get kind of like it's like scary yeah no, I, I know I definitely do that I, I'm guilty of that bro I, I look, mean I I, I, mean, I, I look at it and I'm like I'm like oh shit like, I mean there's possibility I, that the black community could die within the next 25 years what, what do you mean the black community is gonna die can die like like we will be in even worse shape than we are now like like way worse shape like damn near to the brink of like complete impoverishment I mean bro we I don't know bro it's just a lot of things that that we gotta do bro it's just we gotta bring awareness to 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 like and when I say the black community I just wanna be clear I'm not talking about black bourgeois you're talking about like talking about the black masses yeah okay yeah I'm talking about masses keep going though right but I don't know bro it's like we we have to bring awareness to 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 the information that can that can help free our community. Like I said, um, on on the Black Lotus page, and if you don't follow our page, our page, please follow it, bro. Yeah, please go ahead and follow our page on Instagram, and uh, just Twitter. just just type in the name of our podcast and you'll find it. But um, oh brother, oh my god, <laughs> Michael just showed me something funny, uh, something very funny. <laughs> Almost, almost Shakespearean. Romeo, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh Romeo! Stop, 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 stop. Shout out to my brother Jay. Stop, Shout out to my brother Jay. Stop. Okay. Um. Um. Damn it. What was I talking about, bro? Um. The inevitability of the black community. Um. I was saying we. We need to bring bring a. Okay, I was talking about this. Um, on on the Black Lotus page, I talked about I gave a tribute to Dr. Claude Anderson, and um, prior to quarantine, I had never heard of him. But my uncle put me onto his books and um, his ideas, and it was makes me so mad that I never heard of him because I'm a history dude. I love history, and here this man is giving up the game on so much Black history and giving solutions to the Black community. I've never heard of him. There's a reason why neither political party uses him as a pawn. And no, no, no media outlet talks about him because he gives the facts. He gives the solutions. We always talk about. We're always thinking that, like, like I was talking earlier. We always think like marching, getting out on the streets, is gonna is gonna solve shit. No, bro. You know, it's, it's, it's about the economics. Crazy. And Dr. Clark yeah. talks about that shit, bro. He's been it. He was. I forget what what role, but he's been high up in the in like in in, in the federal in the federal government. Like yeah. I, I forgot. But he's done I a lot. He was, he was uh, 
somebody's uh, attorney general. No, 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 no. He 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 like he oversaw education in the state of Georgia oh. for for the for, for the federal government. Who am I thinking? Uh, un, oh, un, Colin Powell. Yeah. I'm Colin but yeah, Powell. yeah. Claude Anderson oversaw it under under President Jimmy Carter in the seventies. Wow. But like we we don't hear enough about people like him. Thomas Sowell as well. I was bro. I was literally just about to say his name right now, yeah. bro. I I one thing I want to talk about earlier was like Tom and Black Rednecks and White Liberals. He talked some. He gave like a very interesting fact um, about about I don't know if you remember, but it's about it's about the Black poverty rate in the nineteen forties and how it was going down prior to yes. the Civil Rights Movement. Yes, I thought that was so interesting, bro. Yes, yes, yes. I remember because because he was talking about how that and how. Integration really fucked us up when it comes to school and education. Right. And how some of the high schools in D.C. were... Dunbar High School. Yeah, Dunbar. Yeah, Dunbar High School um, had an exceedingly high graduation rate. But as soon as it was integrated by the 70s, the black the black graduation rate in that school was, was um, excrementally down. Or exponentially down. I I do know that like Dunbar High School in amongst DC residents, I haven't heard people talk about it. But from just from what I read, I know it's like some of them view Dunbar as like a as like a symbol of black elitism. Really? Uh, it's just it's kind of funny to me. Like you, you you don't you don't hear about elitism in other races, bro. Like, you don't hear about Asian elitism, Mexican elitism. I hear about Asian. I'm, I don't. And, and I hear I'm, about white. And I'm just talking. I'm, I'm just. I'm just talking about. I'm. I'm spinning off the dome right now. I haven't thought about really thought about yeah, this. Yeah. But it's just interesting to me how when it's like, how when it's like, whenever whenever it's black people doing good in one area, other black people, it's like it becomes a point of contention. Yeah. And here's another Dr. Claude um, thing. He t- another another paranomics principle. Vertical integration. I wish I could outline this for y'all, but it's basically it's it's the power T model, where he talks about. Think of an upside down. Think of an upside down T. Yeah. Right. And on on like on, like you know how it has two lines in a T. Yep. The straight line going going yep. vertically going down is 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 all of black people, right? Mm-hmm. And integration made us go horizontally. Yeah. Scattered our resources. Yeah. And we're still here. We still have the resources, but it scattered them going horizontal. Do we right? still have the resources we, though? No, no, it's scattered resources. Scattered. It's it, we don't we don't put them together. Like you think NBA players still got money, entertainers still make money. We still own stuff, but we don't put it together to make communities. That's fact. To help build our communities. But he's talking about shit, fucking uh J.R. Smith was talking about yeah, exactly, this exactly. I yeah. loved that he's talking about that, and Dr. Clyde talked about we need we need we need to flip that. Yeah, we need to go up vertical integration, and he talks about um, all of us are not. And now they, they, instead of an upside down T, like I was talking about earlier, it's a regular T, to where we're going up. All of us are putting our resources up, and then we spread our resources at the top. Yeah, they're all together. Yeah. That that that's the principle of vertical integration. We need to pull our resources together. That's that's um y'all. If you're listening to this, and and and, and you and you want to know more about it, just just look up the the power T principle, 
um, Dr. Dr. Claudius and Paranomics, or just buy, or just buy the book. Please, just, just buy the book. Yeah, honestly, just buy the, just buy the book. Just, just buy the book and just read buy that shit. Buy the, buy the book, man. Sponsored by by uh, Black Rose Podcast. Go buy Paranomics by Claudia. Well, like, Dr. what? What the? Why did I start talking about that? What, what was I just? We were talking about. Uh, I'm trying to remember. I forgot, bro. Well, okay. Um, but but yeah, we need to. We like those are like that's how those are solutions. Solutions, right? But yeah, yeah. I was gonna say. I was gonna say that. A lot of the times, black people, you know, you're like, oh, it's the man, or, you know, or it's like some ambiguous um, figure that's holding us back. Right. When in actuality, the white man don't give a fuck about us. He, he, he genuinely, I would honestly argue that white people really just don't give a fuck about black people, but at the same time, they just don't want to see us do well. But they're not going to actively try to hinder us. They're just going to do what they do best and try to conquer. Because, like, look at right. history. Remember when we brought on Charles? I mean, and, and that's what they're doing. Like, like going, like, being in our community. Well, I mean, I wouldn't say, like, you're talking about now because, I mean, well, we could definitely go in the past and see where, where they actively tried to fuck us up. Yeah. Honestly, honestly, bro, well, that's one of the reasons why I feel like we need to build communities now. Yeah. Because white people aren't going, like... They're like, not trying to black, fuck with us right now. Black Wall Street, was there, there were literal planes yeah. that bombed the city. Yeah, facts. That shit would not happen today. Yeah, it could not. It would not happen today. But the thing is, we have been told and we have been scared into believing that if we do that again, it will be taken down. Facts. Another, like, another thing, like you talk about the 60s and 70s, a lot of black leaders were killed. And we're always told about Malcolm X and MLK, how they were killed. Shoot, Fred Hampton. We're told about that. This... This makes young young black men not want to become leaders because there is a threat of them being killed because of what they believe in, right? Yes. And that's that's something that I think about as I talk more and more about this stuff. I'm like, damn, they finna get me one day. The fact that that thought is even in my mind, there's a reason for that. Yeah, there's there's a reason why that thought is put into my head. And it's, it's crazy. to scare us. It's crazy because we have a, such a crab in a barrel mentality. Oh, that's what it was. That's that's what it was. Why? Yes. The crabs in a barrel. That's why I started talking about vertical integration with Dr. Claude. Because crabs in a barrel is where that comes from. When when all of our resources go down and it's, it's spread horizontally, that's that's how you get crabs in a barrel. Because because we're all fighting to get to the top. Yeah. We're yeah. We're, all, we're all we're all at the bottom fighting, yeah. and it's impossible to to win when you're all fighting when all when it's one person all fighting to get to the top. Yeah, that's facts. Because like with the crab in a barrel mentality, what it does is. It pulls the niggas who are on the bottom straight back even below that. And it pulls the niggas at the top down, too. Right. And those niggas who actually get out the barrel, they're not going to hop back in that barrel. Because the barrel is just going to bring them back. Because the rest of the crowd is just going to try to bring them back down. Right. Bro. So, it's better to just get boiled. <laughs> For real, bro. <laughs> you know bro. what I'm saying? Get plated nice with some nice lemon juice and some yeah. nice butter. You know, then, then to be keep getting dragged in, into darkness. Right. And, bro, it's just, like, another thing. A lot of, when we talking about the professional blacks. Oh, my. Messed up his Crocs. Um, another thing when we talked about the professional blacks, um, a lot of a lot of them, another reason why I'm grateful to have grown up in an environment where education was important, I was never roasted for my interest growing up. I, I was a history dude in San St. Louis. I never got bullied for it. I might not have gotten, like, 
I might not have gotten girls to like me because of it. Like <laughs> all my friends, like 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 Akil and all them, like they had girls liking them, bro. Yeah. I ain't have no girl like me till hella long and into St. Leo's, bro. And Did I, I don't even think I had one at St. And that's sad. And, and like, <laughs> <laughs> bro, quick quick little story time, bro. We was at a sleepover in fifth grade, and it was it was me, Akil, Josh. Xavier, I think, and Toby, I think. Maybe it was Toby. It was either Toby or Fela. And Shout out to my nigga Law. I just talked to him the other day. Nah, facts. Shout out to my boy. And shout out to all of them, bro. I love all of them, bro. Yeah, shout out to Toby. Shout out to Josh. Shout out to the kids. Shout out to... We we all doing good. We all finna do numbers. We all finna do great. We all But but they was all talking about... We was playing Super Smash Bros. at Josh's old house in Oakland. And we was all... And they was all talking about the girls that they got. And I seriously couldn't say shit. (laughs) Like, I couldn't say it. I couldn't give a single story about a girl ever wanting me in my life. I couldn't say anything, bro. I couldn't say anything. And and Josh had a bunk bed. And I climbed to the top, put my head in the pillow, and cried. Oh, brother. And I cried, bro. Oh, man. I, and the thing is, it's not like I didn't like girls, bro. I had liked girls, bro. Yeah. Like I had, there, were, there were girls who had crushes on in my life, bro. Yeah. And then they just didn't like me back. I it was got, in second I only grade. Got two of my crushes. Wait, hold on, hold on. In second grade, Xavier, Xavier, Xavier told me, um, like, there's one girl who I used to like. Every every boy in our class liked her. All the boys know who it is, and and she knows who she is too. Okay. Um, yeah. And <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, everybody did. Yes. <laughs> everybody yes. had a crush and, on her. And in second grade, at some second grade summer school, Xavier, Xavier will put this on his grade. He'll see. He says he he does, he does not remember it, but I remember it clearly. He said, Josiah, you have no chance, bro. Just stop liking her. <laughs> and I stopped liking her. Right there, I was like, yeah, he's right. <laughs> oh, new, shit. new crush. Got to find a new crush. Hey, but I'm, I'm but go lie. Her dad, her dad tried. Her dad was like, her dad, like I don't know how he found out, but like, her dad was like, so. You have a crush on my daughter. I said, uh-huh. huh? I said, huh? Bro, I swear to bro, he's so scary, bro. He's so scary. <laughs> he's a scary oh man, God, man. He's so fucking scary. But, but it's crazy because he was actually talking about her oldest. Oh, what? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that. Ah, uh, wow. I don't. Wow. Still to this day, though. Well, I, got I, 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 I'm not gonna speak on that, though. You're a weirdo. Um, um, but um. Just anyways, just he's not playing, guys. I every am. Time, every, I am. Every time I can tell I he's just playing, he's not playing. I, no, I am playing. I'm playing. Okay, okay, I'm okay. playing about that one. Okay. <laughs> okay, but anyways, we were um, I was thankful though. That's why I grew up in an environment where I was not um, I was not bullied for for my interests growing up. Yeah. And and I um, because I know like there are like a lot of professional blacks who grow up. Yeah, and they don't want to give back to their community yeah. because their community bullied them Facts. for their interest growing up. Facts. Like it's a lot of like like quote unquote nerds who who were bullied for liking certain things, and like I wouldn't want to go back and help my community either because I don't feel like that's my community. Yeah, you know I don't I don't feel like those are my people. They didn't help me, so why should I help them? Right, right, yeah. right, right. Even though I look like them, I wasn't. I'm not treated that way anymore. Right. And and although I don't agree with that mentality, I can't blame them for feeling that way. Facts. Cause who am I to 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 go against someone's personal experiences and be like, nah, bro, fuck it, then help them anyway, you know? Yeah. Right. Like, I, I, I I can't. I'm I'm not. That's not my jurisdiction to um to impede on. 
So the only thing I could say to them to try to convince them is that you can do if you help if you help if you help them you'll help prevent that treatment right to happen I was thinking about that that's the only thing that's the only thing that you could say because if you try to say if you try to guilt trip them they don't they're not going to want to do it anymore more than they had already did it you know yeah and that's um that's something that uh Thomas Sowell talks about in, in the education part of Black Redneck he talks about like the anti-education uh, mindset amongst a lot of black people yeah um that that comes from the the white people that we were amongst in the south during slavery because they had an anti-education um mindset as well yeah with the antebellum yeah 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 antebellum south the antebellum south yes. they they had the same mentality it was very documented well documented um very honestly it's very strange how well documented that was right that book is a masterpiece, bro. It really is. It's a doctrination, honestly. I would damn near say it. Damn, there's like a chapter. Damn, there's like the New Testament. <laughs> like, in Powernomics is the Old Testament, honestly. Or no, it would be it would the other way around. It's the, right. It'd be the right. old, old Testament and the New Testament. Yeah, like, like Old Testament is like how it happened. New Testament is how it should the be. Solution. Yeah, the solution. Yeah. Right. Right. So, they go hand in hand, honestly. That's like and the, the thing is, like, dynamic duel, bro. Um, I was in Doctor Voice Watkins. Like, he was playing like Call of Duty or some shit. He be <laughs> doing that. It'd be heck of funny. I know. I know. I was in his live, and he and I asked him um his his opinion on Thomas Sowell because for for those who don't know, Thomas Sowell is, is a libertarian, so that means like his his views are are like more conservative leaning. Yeah. And um, and I asked his views on Thomas Sowell, and and he said um there there are things there are things he doesn't there are things he doesn't agree with him on, but things he there are things he does agree with him on, and I asked him what Doctor Claude thought of that because you know Doctor Claude and Doctor Boyce are friends and mm-hmm. like Doctor Claude frequently appears on Doctor Boyce's YouTube channel. Yeah, and and he said Doctor Claude doesn't like. He I'm pretty sure he said Doctor Claude isn't too fond of Thomas Sowell. Yeah, right, and I think, um, and it's crazy because when I, when I read their books, they. They they agree on on a lot, bro. Like they like they, it might be like a different way, kind of like a different way of getting there. But like, yeah. But the base, it's sort of like the but the base Booker, idea. It's, it's sort of like a, a new age Booker T Washington and and and, and W D Du Bois. Except it's just not glorified. Yeah, exactly. It's not glorified. Honestly, if they were glorified, it would. They honestly, I feel like if they were forced into a corner, you know and. To figure out how to handle help the black community, and they were they were the absolute leaders. I feel like, I feel like they get they get along better than they did. Well, I don't I don't think they've they've never had like a public like yeah sit down like sit down or or or, or quarrel. But the but the doctor Boyce just said that yeah. um, he's not too fond yeah. of his ideas. Yeah. You know, I feel like like Doctor Claude comes from more like a like like a helping the community. While Thomas Sowell is just criticizing, it. like criticizing and telling it how he sees. Yeah, he's saying he's saying how it is. He's not necessarily like giving solutions. He's yeah. just saying he's saying what it is. Yeah, and why it how it happened. Yeah, yeah, that's facts. And then it kind of kind of allows you to come to your to own conclusions, conclusions yeah. about what should be done. Yeah. Like when he talks about um, like like other ethnic groups yeah. and, and what they did. He that 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 shit is masterful. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because he talks about other groups, but he doesn't he doesn't mention black people at all. No. But it's damn about us though. Yeah. Yeah. It's but about he had us. A whole, he had a whole uh, that book had a whole chapter about Germans. Yeah, and and Jew and Jewish people. Uh, Germans and Jewish people. Yeah, and and, and what they did to yeah. get to where they are. Yeah, or to get to where they were, right? Yeah, and it's just like, but he didn't he didn't mention black people once, except for when it comes to like, in in, in those chapters. Yeah, yeah, in those chapters. Yeah, and it's like, it's it's masterful. He doesn't unnecessarily mention our names, right? Like, why like. That he doesn't find the use of that, and honestly, it's masterful of him doing that because it puts us in a perspective of saying, "Why didn't we do that? Why aren't we doing that? Right? Or why aren't we? Why aren't we?" And I mean, it's just a lot of different factors that that go into it. Like those those groups didn't have to deal with slavery. Yeah. Well, I mean, some would say Jews had to deal with slavery like two thousand years ago, but this we're we're, doing, we're talking about modern times right three, now. Three. Maybe three, three thousand years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, a, a, like a, a long, a yeah, long, yeah, long ass yeah. time ago. Um, but like, we, we in, in immediate times, like we, we, we were slaves like one hundred fifty years ago. Yeah. Right. So we're still dealing with the psychological effects of that today. It's only like like seven generations ago. Yeah. Like, think about that. That's seven. That's seven. That's like seven grandfathers. That's seven people. Imagine seven people in a room. That's that's crazy. Like a I think I said this. And honestly, a lot of our grandparents are alive. So just imagine, right? Four of them in a room in the nineteen forties. Right. Like that's crazy. Right. And think about how when you're playing a game, a telephone, by the seventh person, the message might change, but it's still. It's still similar to what it was at first. Then there might even be the same, like depending Dep- on depending on the people. De- not even that. Depending on how it was said, depending on who said it, and depending on what the trauma was. Right. You know what I'm saying? It still might Slavery be the same. is a very traumatic event. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's not like we just gonna forget. Oh, yeah, we're gonna forget that black people were slaves. Right. For like right. damn near 400 years. Right. And and that, that's why it can be kind of dangerous to. It can be kind of dangerous for uh, our race and other race. Other races be like, "Why don't y'all do what we did?" It's just a little more difficult because there's 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 a whole pathology in in psychology that that comes with black people in America. Not right? even that, but there's 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 a whole path. There, there's a whole there's a whole like people fail to realize how significant it is. To have a good foothold. Like for instance, when Italian people came over in the nineteen twenties, or was it the eighteen? Might have been eighteen hundreds. They came over in like a mass amount of people. Right. But they all came from Italy. When they got here they were immigrants and they were they all got into a community, they all had little Italy and they said, Hey, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. And we're going to get it, obtain it. They all obtained it. Some of it wasn't legal. Some of it was legal. Right? right. I feel like Italians might be the best um, best people, best group of people to compare how the black people could be. 
How not the black people, but how black people could be. This nigga said the black people. <laughs> the blacks. Then like, nigga said the blacks. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, how black people could be. Because if you look at it, you know, even though they didn't come over here kidnapped, they came over here, they did some of the shit that they did illegally, some of them went to jail, and a lot of them, you know, a lot of them didn't do illegal shit. You know what I'm saying? Just the glorified ones were doing illegal shit. Right. But what we fail to realize is that the only thing that's holding us, our, our, our two, be, two groups of people back, is that... Italian people came not the two things actually they 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 came down they came over here not starting in the negative they started at zero and another thing is is that they didn't start at um they didn't start without a foothold they started with the foundation they were all able to buy property they're all able to move into apartment buildings in the same neighborhood and all benefit from that because once you know your community, once you know your neighbor, and once you have a family, then you're able to start uh, thriving as a community. And black people don't have that. We never had that. Okay, I won't say never. You said, you said as a family? Yeah. We definitely had the family. I was gonna aspect. say, yeah, I was gonna say, uh, I was gonna say, I take that back. We we had that, but for a very short amount of time, while it was also being simultaneously simultaneously attacked. Right, it was being attacked. It was being attacked, and 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 once the the attack stopped, I guess. Yeah. We we like separated. Yeah. I mean, Doctor Claus talks about um um we was in quasi communities. We like they were, they were communities that were, like. They weren't full communities yet, but they were getting there. Yeah. They were getting there. They were on their way. Then they were on their way. Yeah. But, the process of, social integration, kind of stopped that. Yeah. You know. I just think it's um, very important, as black people, we have to. We have to really understand why things are the way they are. And sometimes you might have to unlearn some things or learn some uncomfortable truths. I remember when, when, when I told I a mean, friend. I mean, honestly, isn't like taking away from black people. I, I think that it's life in general. We have to learn the, 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 the painful truths of life in order for us to even be able to stand afloat. Right. You know what I'm, saying? I'm not gonna lie. This podcast, dim our version of like, dear black people, with with uh, with uh, Claude. Yeah. Uh, Claude and yes. uh, his uh, what's his what's his part, uh, partner's name? I forgot. I forgot. But you're talking about uh, damn. What is? It's a that that's tough podcast. Yeah. Shout out to that's tough podcast. Listen to him. Um. Yeah, I forgot his partner's name. Collab with them coming soon. Don't worry. Very soon, actually. Don't worry. Don't Very worry. Soon. Don't worry. Hampton and Howard, yes, sir. Honestly, <laughs> black elitism at its finest, as they would say. <laughs> you know, and another thing, when it comes to black elitism, I've been, I applied for this MBA and HBCU internship, right? Yeah. And I know a friend who applied to it as well. Yeah. And he was saying that 
we was talking about like I'm kind of scared I'm not finna get it because they look at me like oh he goes to Howard he might not need this yeah he like we want to help smaller HBCUs yeah right and I'm like, damn, that that shit might actually affect me. Yeah. Just because I, I go to like one one of the one of the more higher tier HBCUs yeah. in the country. But I mean, like they probably see it as like you have different more opportunities. Right. So, I mean, and I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say that. I think this this is actually one of those opportunities that you would get at an HBCU. Right. You know what I mean, so I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. Because I can see it from your perspective, but I can also see it from a nigga who goes to a lower HBCU. Like, You're right. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, Bethel Cookman or or, 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 like, or like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't know. Only like a smaller one. I don't know. I, I really want it though, bro. I, I really want that internship really bad. Yeah. Really bad, but we gonna see how it goes, bro. We gonna see. We gonna yeah, see. Yeah, this episode is fire, bro. Facts. But thank you to everybody who's been listening to this hey, so far, bro. The video, like, it didn't load all the way, so like, I think, like, we have we have thirty minutes now. We have like, let me see, you have about like, about like forty five minutes of video, so we could post that on YouTube. Yeah. And be like, listen to this, and if you enjoyed it, listen to the full thing on streaming. I like platforms. that. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. At least we could do that. So yeah, we gonna post this on YouTube, man. Hey. We be doing these episodes raw, bro. I'm saying just raw, no, no prep. Just, just imagine once we start prepping for these episodes, man. Right, bro. We tried that though, and, and it hit the same. Right. Well, then again, we didn't prep. We just assigned a topic. So, that topic shit. I mean, it's like that shit. That shit is dead. Man. It's cool, but like it don't really. Uh, it's really bounding. It's yeah, it's bounding. Change. It's like some change on me. It's bounding, like it's. Well, I mean, we talked about hella different stuff in this episode. Facts, facts. We did talk about hella different shit in this episode. We talked about hella different stuff, and and with like a topic, with like an assigned topic at the start, you kind of don't, you kind of stay in one. And you just stay. You stay in one, and it's hard to stay in like one yeah. lane. Yeah. Hard to talk about everything. What are we gonna title this though? Is this black anthropology or like? Uh, it's adjacent. I think it's just a regular episode. Yeah, you see them bunnies though. You see how high I got when I. You see me touch the rim. I grabbed that shit. Hey, I just want to say this nigga Joey is. He's trying to reclaim his his youth. What do you mean? He's trying to reclaim his youth. I'm still in my youth. I'm saying like fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, damn near high school. This nigga's trying to become Joey Jumpshot again. This nigga's about to start going to intramurals at Howard. You better watch out. I damn near might, bro. I'm not gonna lie. I damn near might. I damn near might, bro. Bro, I used to. I never. I never. Bro, Michael, three years ago, I never thought I would test him in my life, bro. I was not close to that shit at all, bro. <laughs> I was not close. Yo, I didn't think I could dunk. Can you dunk? I mean, not with my knee now, but this boy Michael been having Michael been having knee problems since like since middle school, bro. No, I I've had knee pro. I 
I've had on and bro, off knee problems. I did when have, I, whenever we ran, you would come in last with me, yeah, bro. Yeah, that's true. I did. I did. You be they come to be like, what? but it got worse. It got worse in high school after like my junior year. After my shit just swole up after a game, and then that was just bad. But I dunked. I think Miles Savage can attest to this. Somebody at Remnant can attest to this. I don't remember who it was. But I caught the ball on a fast break. Or I stole the ball on a fast... I stole the ball. It's fast break. I was the only nigga, like, past the three-point line. Everybody else behind half court. So I just took off. And I didn't think I was going to get that high because I was going to finger roll it. But then I realized how high I was. I just, I just dunked it in. Wow. That was crazy. I was like, whoa. That's wild. I, I can get hung now. Like, okay. Like, I, I can't dunk, but when, when, when I when I jump as high as I can and I have the ball in my hand, I'm touching the rim with the ball. Yeah, yeah. That's how I am now, too. That's why I just finger rolls now. Bro. Shout my, out to Kobe, nigga. We need to go hoop. Bro, I used to be a fat ass, bro. <laughs> That's why I be posting me touching the rim, bro. Y- 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 y'all don't understand, like, how this makes me feel, bro. That's why I'd be so excited when I, when I, I grabbed the rim today. Yeah, I didn't just did. touch it. I grabbed it. Yeah, he grabbed it. Now the next step is to grab and hang on it, and then you can dunk with a tennis ball. Then after the tennis ball, mini basketball, then a girl's ball, then a, then a real ball. I think I actually dunked with a girl's ball, so I guess I technically can't dunk. Bro, I just think, like, one of the things about working, like, working out and shit, like, the reason why I'd be so happy is because, like, I'm making improvements. Yeah. Because... I work out a lot, right? Yeah. And I'm not working at all. I'm not working out this week just because I want to give my body a rest, just give my body, give me a chance to focus on other things. And, but I, um, I work out a lot. And sometimes when you do it every day, you don't think something, you don't think anything is changing. Because you look at your body, you look at your body every day. Yeah. And sometimes you can't tell the difference when you look at it every day. Yeah. But, like, okay, this might, okay, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say how I noticed this, but, I was naked the other day, and I really looked at my body. I was like, "Yo, like I ain't used to look like this. Like I used to be like sticks and stones." That's true. I like, I got some meat on my bones now. Hey, it, it's not a lot, but you do. I, I thought you might say something else, bro. Thank, thank. I did look at my abs though. Like the four pack is actually the end of kind of showing now. I'm actually kind of excited about that. Numbers, numbers, <laughs> numbers. <laughs> They could probably still hear you, bro. Um, Hey, hey, man. Weren't you hitting that? No, stop, 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 stop. No, hell no. Hell no. There's a turtle dove outside this nigga's window. There's a what? There's a turtle dove outside this nigga's window. That's a pigeon, bro. That's a turtle dove. That is a pigeon. That is a pigeon, bro. Hold on, let me take a picture. That's a beautiful. It flew away. It was beautiful. Beautiful. That's a turtle dove. Yeah. Is that a, our turtle dove white? No. Oh. That's that's doves. Oh. Well, turtle doves are like. Brown. When you come to the city, you are gonna see some crazy stuff. You are gonna see some crazy shit. Man. But um. Bring but your not, ass out to Frisco. Bring not, but, your ass out to the east. No, nah, but like what I was saying, bro, is like when 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 you're doing that every day, you don't feel like anything is changing. Yeah. So like doing that stuff signals to to me that. I'm improving, right. and that I, what I'm doing every day has a purpose, and that I'm that I'm that I'm still doing good. 
Yes. You know? You're still doing numbers. Yes, yes, bro. So it's just, it's just very it's very rewarding. Plus, when you give your body a, a time, like you know, like a little rest, you know, what I'm saying that next workout, it like it cuts you up a little bit. More. That that I mean, that's why I'm trying to take a break. I'm I want to appreciate what I do more. Um, because sometimes like I be going to the gym every day, and sometimes, it, sometimes it, it can feel like a chore. Like, like it feels like like a drag, and I don't want to. I just want to give myself a break and to make me appreciate what I, the, the the habits that I built in my life. You know, I just want to give myself a chance to appreciate that shit more, bro. Exactly. But like, yeah, bro. It's been an hour and it's been two hours and forty five minutes. Yeah. It can't have. It couldn't have been. Yeah, it's been two hours, bro. Damn. Well, hey, man. I appreciate all y'all for listening to this episode, man. Me and Joey about to get up out of here. We got a lot of good content for y'all coming soon. Mm-hmm. Very soon. Um, we got some episodes about to happen, as we said, with That's Puff Podcast. Um, we're about to get the Dream Art uh, network up. And so you're about to see a whole bunch of different podcasting uh, clothing lines and a whole bunch of different uh, sponsors tap in with us. Uh, we're trying to build an empire, y'all. You know what I'm saying? We're going to record another episode this week, too. Exactly, y'all about to get a two in one week. <laughs> two, two for one, like I'm Jay Worthy. <laughs> hey, two P's coming out March 25th. March 25th. Oh hey, my shout God. out Jay Worthy, oh shout my. out Larry June. Larry man. June, Larry J all the way from the Bay, nigga. You know what I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that album about to be crazy, bro. I've been waiting for that album for two years. Ah! Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Hey. Let me chill, y'all. Let me chill. Let me chill. <laughs> Gotta pay some bills. Bro, I got all my Howard friends saying good job. I got my girl saying, good job. It's talking to <laughs> We influencers, bro. We influencers. Come on, bro. We out, though. We out. One love. And as we always say, as long as you show love, we'll stay, we'll stay consistent. consistent. Peace, y'all.